The Believer's Walk of Faith is paid for by Bill Winston Ministries partners and viewers. Real faith does not get embarrassed. Real faith is not timid because faith releases God's ability. And it's His ability that does the miracle. What is faith? Confidence in God. This gospel was never meant to be preached with all this revelation and no proof. When you start operating in righteousness, the miracles will take place. But if you've got low self-esteem, a low ceiling, if you're always intimidated, if you're living so close to the world that like Samson, all of a sudden you lose your strength because you think more of Delilah than you do of Jesus, I'm going to tell you, you are accident going somewhere to heaven. I believe God. Put your faith in God from now on. You don't have misplaced faith in whether or not your company is going to stay around, whether or not this doctor's report was right. Don't be concerned about what the newspaper said. Have faith in God. No matter what evil report may come into your life, just make up your mind. I'm going to have faith in God. Look what it says here. And look what it says. This is Elijah and Elisha. As you know, Elijah was a prophet and Elisha was his protege. He's following him around, serving him, so forth. So somebody said about 20 years. He wasn't rushing trying to get in the pulpit. Look at verse 12. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Glory to God. And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elijah went over. Now he, he took that mantle and he hit those waters and that thing, poof, that thing split just like the Red Sea, just, just like the River Jordan. Boom, it split. And he walked over dry shod. Now my point to you is, is he didn't ask where is Elijah? Because Elijah just got picked up in a heavenly helicopter and, and taken on up. But here he said, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God? of Smith Wilsworth. Where is the God of Oral Roberts? Where is the God? See what I'm saying? Because it's the, it wasn't the person, it was the God that was on them. You got to hear what I'm saying now. See, and if it was God, then you need to reset your limits because God can do anything. God, there's nothing too hard for God can make anything happen. God, I'm talking about if it's God, and what has happened is somehow we think we got to do this. That's not your job. Your job is to believe that God will do his job. You got to know people have had a low opinion of God. And the way they're going to get their opinion up is you. You're going to go out there and demonstrate to God who can turn every situation around. Say amen to that. And the thing about it, you got to have confidence in this God. Remember, confidence is a very interesting thing. 
because the enemy is after your confidence. Confidence is the devil's number one target in your battles. Confidence. He wants your confidence. So anyway, what happened here? In verse 21, and Moses said, the people among whom I am are 600,000 footmen, 600,000 men of 20 years and older. Now they all got families. So you got about 3 million people out here. And God's telling me I'm going to feed them every day some meat without refrigerators, deep freeze, uh, smokehouse, <laughs> anything else out there but some hot sun. And I'm telling you what God can do. And so next thing you know, he said, verse 22, Moses starts to try to figure out how God's going to do this. And that's when you start losing ground. When you try to figure out how God who made you is going to meet your problem, make, make that problem that you have go away. Verse 22, shall the flocks and the herds be slain to them or suffice for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? And the Lord said to Moses, is the Lord's hand wax short? You're going to see now whether my word will come to pass or not. Say amen to that. Amen. See, he's not asking Moses to do this. He's just asking Moses to have faith in God that God can do what he said. Folks, what he said is this, by his stripes, you are healed. What he says is many of the afflictions of the righteous, but I will deliver them out of them all. What he said is that the angels of the Lord encamp around about you and they will deliver you. What he said is draw not a God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What he said is anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if it been any sins, I'll wipe them out. Say no more limits. Look what they did. Turn over to Exodus chapter, um, chapter 32, please. Exodus chapter 32. All right, look what it said, verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down on the mount, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron, unto Aaron, they said to him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know where he's but become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. And he received them in their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool. After he had made it a molten calf, he said, These be thy gods, O Israel which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. And they rose up early tomorrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. So what are they doing now? They're building this, this calf out there. Boy, that thing made God mad too. You know that? They built this calf. Now, where'd the calf come from? Came from Egypt. How did he get out there? Came inside of him. And I'm going to tell you now that, that we, we, we kicking over sacred cows up in here. 
We, we tearing them rascals down. Why? Because they kept you in the place where you are. You've come in here, and now we got to get the old image of God out. Because when the wrong image is in there, you interpret the scripture that way. You read Job and say, God was testing him. God wasn't testing Job. God don't need to test Job. God knew exactly what Job would do. God knows the end of your life from the beginning. He knows exactly what you're going to do at every point. Say amen to that. Job opened the door to the devil's attack in his life. And then his four friends came and tried to convince him that he had sinned. It's a problem in his life, and that's where it came from. Job didn't do anything consciously except try to serve God. But there was some ingredient in there or some knowledge that Job didn't have that the devil got in on. Say amen to that. So my point to you is in that cycle, God did teach Job some things. But the reason why I want to take you to that is because that's what the enemy's after. He's after your confidence. He's after your confidence in the fact that God is going to do what he said for you. And folks, when you come into God, you got to accept the fact that you do not have two natures. You are not an old sinner saved by grace. And I said, you are not an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. Now you've been saved. If you got two natures, you're a freak. And so what God has done is he's made you the righteousness of God in him and righteousness cannot fellowship with iniquity. And that's why you got to keep condemnation out of your life because you've got to stay in faith because faith is what you need for the anointing and the anointing is what you need to have victory. So I'm saying God has planned for you to have victory. So you're going to have to have this understanding that there is no condemnation in your life. Now I'm saying, say something. I'm saying, I'm saying, walk in your royalty. Walk a king decrees things. Say amen to that. Now I'm saying, talk and act supernatural. Stop trying to act natural. I want you to put it up there. Put it up 1 Corinthians, please, in chapter 2 and verse 14. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they have spiritually discerned. See, the church has been crowded out by intellectualism. And so we got, to, we got to cut that out. We got to get back to God. And if you're going to get back to God in the kingdom, you're going to get to supernatural. You're going to have to know that God has a way of solving your problem. That there was a, a solution before your problem ever occurred. And the solution is in the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is already in the promise of God. All right, what did I tell you to turn? Romans 8, put it, put it up there. Romans 8, chapter 1, uh, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation with them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? Spirit. Spirit. Say no condemnation. No condemnation. All right, now this is the key because condemnation can come in. And what condemnation is after is after your confidence. It's after your faith in God that God will hear and answer what you have prayed for or whatever have you. Are you following what I'm saying? And we got to know, wait a minute, that God knew what you did before you did. Let me, let me, let me, let me take care of this now. I, I can take, I got, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I got some junior preachers in here. <laughs> okay, okay. That's all right, sister. Go ahead. Just preach it. Praise God. 
All right, here's a statement you want to write down. Your past is not relevant to God. Your past is not relevant to God. Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying, amen, because you and I have done things in our past, but God does not want that to stop the miracle working power of your future. And so he has made a provision for your past. You got what I'm saying? And so he said in Galatians chapter three, don't turn there. He said in verse five, he therefore that ministered to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. And you'll see that Jesus came in that synagogue preaching the blessing. And the only thing that the Pharisees was preaching was the law. Here was Jesus, he goes to heal somebody and then they're going to jump up on a person because he's carrying his bed and say, you can't carry your bed on the Sabbath. Now, the man been by the pool trying to get healed for 38 years, and they're going to get on him about a bed. They're not going to even recognize the fact that here's the man. Thank God he got healed. The perfectionist looks for sin in every situation. They don't look for uh, uh, mercy and, and, and grace but they look who sinned. Now you've got to get what I'm saying here. Folks, you can't tell me nothing. When you see the goodness of God, it'll draw you to repentance. When you see how good God is, that despite you've been living like a dog and God jumps up and heal you of AIDS, let me tell you, you gonna serve him, you gonna jump up, said jack man up telling you I didn't deserve this, but he did it for me anyway. Thank God for it. That's what I'm talking about. And 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 the law kill it. it. If you don't have the grace, if you don't have the knowledge of how God good, how good he is. Say amen to that. Over in John chapter nine, they were the, the, the give, put verse one up there. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which is blind from his birth and his disciples asked him saying, master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Isn't there something here? The works of God be made manifest in him. Notice, they were thinking that was the work of God to make the man blind. Jesus had said, no, let me correct your theology. That, that wasn't God. God is over here. He's the healing part of that. I'm reading 1 John chapter 3 and verse 20. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our hearts condemn us not, then we have what? Confidence toward God. And that's what you want. Faith is nothing but confidence. All right? So righteousness restores what mankind lost in the fall. Restores faith, restores peace, and all these kinds of things. Jesus was your substitute. He was the one that actually paid the price for everything that you and I deserve to suffer. He paid that price. Now, again, the church is coming into a place where God wants miracles to come. And I'm saying that if we want the supernatural, we've got to teach the supernatural. 
And so you see where he said, where is the God of Elijah? Now, even when it talks about oil, that they used oil in the uh, Testaments. Matter of fact, turn over to Mark's gospel in Mark chapter six and look at verse 12. And they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many who, who, devils. And what did they do? They anointed with oil many that were sick. And what did he do? God healed them. Now, the oil, I don't think it's so much the type of oil you use, because I believe you can use some, some 30 weight motor oil. <laughs> now, this, this is me now, if you don't have any other kind of oil. Okay? <laughs> but <laughs> get some oil and you anoint things, and when you do, no devil in hell can resist the authority that's loaded in the anointing oil that you use in the name of Jesus. Say amen to that. It's a mystery packaged in oil. And there is no sickness or disease or any kind of, of, of malady that can escape the power of anointing oil. It will cause you to walk in absolute dominion. Say amen to that. I believe that oil is so strong that you could pull a little out of your, out of your purse as a lady and, and somebody got lying to you, shaking on him and he'll tell the truth. Say, wait a minute. Just tell him, stand there just for a minute. Now say that again. Now, now wait a minute. I'm thinking supernaturally. Come on now. I'm not thinking like I'm trying to analyze this and bring it all. Because when that lady came in that, that, that church, that time of Lake and Pulaski, when we had started there, and she crying and saying, hey, the drug dealers have taken over our block. And they come out at 12 noon and go, don't leave till, uh, come out at four o'clock in the afternoon, don't leave till after midnight, our kids can't play, so forth and so on. We're all terrorized, we're in our, you know. And she said, Pastor, what can I do? Well, I said, get in the circle, let's pray. Now, I'm not asking myself what to do. God knows what to do. Because it's not me, it's him. He's gonna do the work, but I know he sends us places and wherever he sends us, he expects us to con take control of it. God's plan is wherever the soles of your feet shall tread upon, bring it into subjection. So we prayed and the Lord said, take oil, give her the bottle and tell her to pour it from one end of the block down to the other. Now, did that make sense? No, it wasn't designed to make sense. It was designed that you have a meek spirit and you follow his teachable instructions. And as you do that, releasing your confidence in God, that God was going to do what he said. And he said that he, you call on him and he will answer. 
He, are you following what I'm saying? She took that, because when you're desperate, you just take it. And she took it and poured it all the way down the street. Now, what happened three or four days later, she came back. She said they came for an hour, one the next day and left and never came back. Well, what happened? It was a strong man down there that was trying to hold that property. But a stronger man came on the scene. It was the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost was released when you took the cap off of that bottle and spread it down that road. And he'll be released in your house. When you take a little dab and dab it over the door, the front door, that no mess will come in there from now on. You're going to dab it on there. All right, let's keep going here. Let's go all the way over to Acts, please. Acts chapter 19. I know y'all laughing. Some of y'all laughing at me now, but that's all right. I know my God and they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Say amen to that. So we are going to have confidence in God. We're going to have faith in God. And oh, by the way, we're going to act like Jesus. We're going to act like we never sinned in our lives. The apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2, he said, why are you looking at me? I've hurt no man and I've never offended any man. He was the same one that was hauling them off the jail and consenting for Christians to be killed. I'm telling you, Paul didn't even look back because he got a hold of the fact that your past is irrelevant to God. Now this is for you. Your past is irrelevant to God. He said, your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. Now, if he said that, take it by faith, praise God. Well, praise the Lord. I trust that you were blessed by that teaching. Now, that is have faith in God. This is one of a four-disc series. Now, there's three points I'd like you to remember. One, our job is to believe that God will do his job. Remember what Jesus said, it's not me, it's a father in me. He does the work. What does that mean? It means that Jesus knew that the father was working through him, causing the power of God to move in people's lives. So it's the same thing about us. Our job is to believe that God will do his job. Now, God can do anything. So your job is to believe that he can do it. Secondly, trying to figure out how God is going to do what he says he's going to do, sometimes it'll cause you to lose ground. Because when you get into that area, you get into intellect. Now you're getting into that area of doubt. Next thing you know, something's not working in your life. When God says he's going to do something for you, just let God do it the way he wants to do it. He might come this way or that way, but you just believe God is going to do what he said. Thirdly, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. The Bible says they are foolishness to him. Many times when God gives you an answer or wisdom comes from God, it sounds a little foolish. And that's because it's coming from another kingdom, another dimension. Praise God. Our job is to receive it and do it. Glory to God. Now our announcer is going to give you some important information how you can order this powerful set of teachings. I'll be right back. 
Real faith does not get embarrassed. Real faith is not timid because faith releases God's ability. And it's his ability that does the miracle. What is faith? Confidence in God. This gospel was never meant to be preached with all this revelation and no proof. When you start operating in righteousness, the miracles will take place. But if you got low self-esteem, a low ceiling, if you're always intimidated, if you're living so close to the world that like Samson, all of a sudden you lose your strength because you think more of Delilah than you do of Jesus, I'm going to tell you, you are accident going somewhere to heaven. I believe God. Put your faith in God from now on. You don't have misplaced faith in whether or not your company is going to stay around, whether or not this doctor's report was right. Don't be concerned about what the newspaper said. Have faith in God. No matter what evil report may come into your life, just make up your mind. I'm going to have faith in God. Release your confidence in God and demonstrate His amazing power in you today with Pastor Bill Winston's four-disc series entitled, Have Faith in God. To order on CD or DVD by BankGuard at 1-800-711-9327 or online at BillWinston.org. Hello, my name is Bill Winston. I am here to tell you about this exciting book. It's called The Vengeance of the Lord. Now, this is a topic that a lot of Christians never understood. It's not revenge. That's, that's a human concept. This is vengeance. God says over in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30, vengeance is mine and I will recompense, saith the Lord. What does it mean? It means justice. It means that God is the one that's going to justify you. When we were trying to buy our first shopping mall, the people didn't want us to have it. But the vengeance of the Lord stepped in. And the next thing you know, <laughs> we've got the ball. Not only that, they tried to keep us from having services and we've got that too. My point to you is there are places that you can't go without the vengeance of the Lord. And just like anything else that a provision of God, you have to do it by faith. Well, how does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word the vengeance of the Lord. Get this book, build your faith, and I'm telling you, it will make you unstoppable. I'm talking about in the education area, changing educational laws back to be under the, the, the order of the kingdom of God, a economic, a government, everything. This vengeance of the Lord will open the pathway. One man said this, because God's people have not known vengeance, many have been victims not you. Praise God, because here's the book called The Vengeance of the Lord. Get it today. You'll be blessed. Bill Winston saying, keep walking by faith. Doctors Bill and Veronica Winston are dedicated to seeing lives changed through the power of prayer. Our loving and highly trained prayer ministers are ready to pray and agree with you. We know that prayer can turn around any situation in your life. Contact us by phone at 1-877-543-9443 or submit your prayer request online 
at billwinston.org forward slash prayer. Follow us on Facebook to join us for our regular live prayer sessions. We want to thank our partners who have made this prayer call center possible. Together, we are transforming lives throughout the world. If you are not a partner, we encourage you to pray about joining us in partnership and be a part of the wonderful work that God is doing through this ministry. We love you and look forward to praying and partnering with you.